me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's another edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith, your host, and I've been trying to figure out how I could get one of my friends that, uh, you know, I look back at all the panels I've been on at conferences over the years, and there's one guy, Greg Sterling, who has been the moderator of more of those panels than anyone else. That, and, and, you know, I've saw Greg speak. I've read a lot of his content, ran into him last fall, and Portugal at a convention. He's like, Hey, you haven't had me on the Conquer Local podcast yet. And we found the the perfect time to have Greg on the podcast because, you know, he is a wealth of insights when it comes to data around local business and local business trends. And if you've been following Greg at all over the years, you'll know that he's just got great insight and information. So we're going to dig into that big brain in a few moments and find out how local might transform as we go back to business at the end of the COVID-19. So Mr. Greg Sterling coming up in a moment right here on the Conquer Local podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. Greg Sterling joining us. Greg is the uh, contributing editor for Search Engine Land. And Greg, you're doing a bunch of work for our friends over at Uberall right now. And uh, the last time you and I saw each other, we were in Lisbon, Portugal for an event. And we talked about getting you as a guest here on the podcast. So thanks for joining us. And I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions about local today. So I hope you're ready. We're putting you in the hot seats. Yes. And I sincerely hope I'm able to answer them with... uh the appropriate level of detail and humility. So we'll see. Great. And you joined the Uberall folks in the last year and your position there? So I'm the VP of Market Insights uh, for Uberall, and I joined formally in January. Um, and my role is really a content role, uh, although I do a bunch of stuff, strategy, and I, I help out in different areas, but it's primarily about content. Great. And let's talk about the long-standing relationship that you've had as the contributing editor to Search Engine Land, because I think anybody that that has subscribed to Search Engine Land, have been online, you see a story, and, and this is where a lot of the great information about local you know, tactics and trends is coming from. You've been at this for a long time. Yeah, but probably about 14 or 15 years since, since actually I was, I was writing for the Precursor publication and... Um, so I've been around for a long time working with them and writing about local and small business and, and other stuff, mobile marketing, location intelligence, and uh, really a long time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not as long as, well, I'm probably way We're, older, so I'll just go with that. I, I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. so. We don't want to do, we don't want to go into that publicly, but I don't think that's right. All right. Well, maybe we get to that one day with some bourbon. So let's. Let's uh, talk a little bit. I, I was trying to think back, prepping for this episode. You, I think you are the person that has moderated more panels that I've been on than anyone else in the space. And I love the fact that you shoot from the hip and you ask very, um, you know, very probing questions and challenging questions. So I'm going to try and turn the tables and do that to you during this episode. So first off, you know, who would have thought it took a global pandemic for people to understand how bloody important local business is to not only our economy, but our culture and our well-being? 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've been making a version of that argument for as long as I've been around in this space, and people kind of get it intuitively, but the, but you know they they don't get the magnitude of it. Um, you know, uh, in I'll speak about you know about U.S. and North America where possible. I don't know the Canadian data so well, but um, you know, basically half of the jobs in the U.S. Uh, are attributable in one way or another to small business uh, job creation. You know, just it's 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 a massive and important uh, component of of the economy uh, throughout North America, and it's the way that you know most people you know most people live in the real world and interact with other human beings in the real world. And it, it you know we're we're now when we're we're in our kind of quarantine sequestered bunkers, you know we really feel the absence of that. You know the human contact, the the ability to sort of go out and go to restaurants and interact with business owners. No, and I, you know, restaurants, easy, local pub is easy to think about, but I miss Gord at my, uh, at my clothing store. Like he, he's the guy who tells me what's going to look good and what's not. And I need a pair of brown shoes and Gord isn't open and I could go get it at Walmart, but then I'd look awful. So, you know, you, you miss, it's not just that you, you miss the camaraderie, you miss the community yep. because there'd be a bunch of business people in there when I go in to see Gord at the clothing store. And, and we really did take it for granted and, and how... You know, you've been covering this area for a long time. You know the data. You know, wh- what's the casualty rate going to look like when this is all done? Because we know there's going to be winners and losers. Of course, it depends on the, the timing. But, you know, how many business people had a war chest of, you know, able to pay a couple months of their bills if they, you know, if things were to shut, have shut down, which they did? Well, there are, there are a couple of surveys out there, one by Chase and one by, um, uh, I'm blanking on the other one. Uh, it's a ba- another bank. Um, 2016 and 2019, and they basically co- come to the same conclusion based on survey and transaction data um, that that business owners, for the most part, don't have more than about a month to three months at the outside of cash reserves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as this kind of stretches on, we're going to be looking at more and more casualties. And I've been having conversations with people, sort of just purely speculatively, about what what will the business mortality rate you know, look like. I mean, we've been talking a lot about the the infection versus mortality rate among people. You know, there's going to be a comparable thing among businesses. And, you know, we may lose 10, 15%, more than 15% of these businesses. I, I don't want to put a specific number on it because I haven't sat down to really look at it carefully, but a lot of businesses will simply not reopen or will fail. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself when I say, you know, those businesses that survive the, the quarantine period will need to do a bunch of stuff in order to survive the next phase. But we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I definitely want to go there. But, you know, listen, I, when we, we worked on these podcast episodes and, and I remember we were sitting in this studio a month ago when this thing was just starting in, in our jurisdiction and, and I, you know, I did a couple episodes and I really lamented that people were just getting eviscerated online if they posted anything around, you know, there's an opportunity and how are you going to look at the, but, but I think after the, the shock of this was really a, a thing that was impacting, you know, our race and, and it was a medical issue, people started to realize that there's another component to this. You put your life into a business, your life savings, your effort, and to have that ripped away from you, there there is a mental component there and there there's a physical component. I talked to a business owner the other day. They said they, they have been physically sick because of yep. what, what this is meaning to them. So I think that the sheer weight of it is coming to bear and, and we're going to go back to business. 
and and it's going to happen. And there's some people, and I've been very vocal about this, talking about the bounce that's going to occur. And um, but but we we can't stress enough that that there are going to be casualties, and um, it, it'll really be interesting when we analyze that. You know, what was it that led to that? And I, let's take the money out of the equation. Was it you know they weren't prepared to pivot to an online? transaction? Because I know a bunch of businesses that are doing quite well right now. They're, they're not paying the bills maybe for some of their costs on the on premise, but they've been able to conduct business digitally and, and weather the storm. I had one friend who owns a carpet store that they said, you know, we're doing really well. In fact, we might be ahead of where we were when we were employing a bunch of people. Are you hearing stories like that as well in your research? Yeah, there are some isolated examples of that where people have been creative and been able to um, shift to to online uh, delivery of services or shift into e-commerce. Um, I don't think that that's the norm. I think that the, the 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 real success stories where people are ahead of their projections are are not are the minority. But I do think there's probably there's probably three groups. There's probably the group that you describe where people are are really having great success. And there's certain categories, obviously, now where people you know search behavior has changed, purchase behavior has changed. People shifted from discretionary purchases to need-based things, you know, health, safety, well-being, you know, entertainment at home, uh, like uh, I think computer hardware and office supplies and home fitness stuff, that's doing very well. So there are some categories doing very, very well. And then you've got like the middle, the sort of, you know, it's a bell curve, right? Of businesses that are kind of hanging on and maybe doing some business, but uh, sales are down. And then you've got a group that's just absolutely tanking because they just either in an industry which is really, you know, everybody in travel and hospitality right now is kind of underwater. Um, they were in an industry that's 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 people aren't paying attention to or they just haven't been able to make some sort of shift that they need to make. You know, so I, I don't know what that distribution looks like in terms of absolute numbers, but but I think that there are success stories out there and those are very encouraging, um, you know, and we should expose those as models for other people but I think a lot of people are just kind of hanging on right now, you know, in this sort of middle middle category. Yeah, and, 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 that, th- and thanks yeah. to some government I- intervention there, where the government's got out ahead of this and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try and help out. We'll maybe fund the banks to to allow you to m- miss your loan payments or just pay interest. Like it, it's been that's actually been very surprising to me how quickly some of those came came out and and were available. Uh, because usually you put government involved, the red tape bogs everything down, and somebody gets all the money. It doesn't really get to where it's supposed to get to. What, what are you seeing in the U.S. markets around this, as far as the you know the PPP loans and and the government getting out uh, out in front of this, or you know trying to get out in front of it? Well, I was I was going to say you're not in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think in Europe and maybe in Canada, um, uh, you know, there there's some some differences from what's been going on here. I mean, in Europe, they're subsidizing employee salaries, um, and uh, you know, I'm less familiar with the Canadian market, but in the U.S., you know, they did they did come out of the gate relatively quickly. I think that's based on the lessons of the financial crisis in 2008, and so I think they recognized the immediate need for stimulus, and, and the market was tanking, and so the Fed got involved. So there, there was there was this recognition that they needed to intervene pretty quickly, and that was kind of a global consensus and based on the past experience. Now, in terms of the money getting directly to small businesses, uh, the PPP round one, I mean, we've got round two now that's going to pass in the U.S. Round one was kind of a disaster for most traditional small businesses. People couldn't get money. They got loan applications in. They, there was a lot of confusion. Um, you know, a lot of bigger entities got, I mean, there's been a lot of publicity around this lately, 
uh, restaurant chains, hotel chains were getting money that was supposed to go to true small businesses, independent businesses. And so, you know, some businesses did get money. Um, a lot of them didn't. And hopefully this next round will rectify some of the mistakes of the first one. Well, you know, we had, I would say that our, you know, we're in an interesting situation in Canada because we have a minority government and I've, we've been through a number of those in the last 20 years. They're the best government because nobody can do crazy shit uh, yeah. because you need all the other votes. But, you know, so we've had a little more balanced approach, but there's been the same complaint that has come out where, you know, you're not really helping tech companies that burn money to grow uh, because you had to prove that your, you know, that your revenue had went down dramatically. And you know, there were these proof points, but what they were trying to do is get the money in the hands of people who needed it so they could keep the economy running for a period of time till we get back to business. And, um, you know, depending on who you talk to, some of those programs are successful, some aren't. We have a lot of listeners in South Africa. Their, uh, their president released a program 48 hours ago that I've talked to a few business people there that, that say it's actually quite good. We'll see if it actually gets distributed. That seems to be the common theme, right? Does the money yep. actually get to who needs it? So let's now talk about the winners and losers. And unfortunately, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. Who do you believe will be the model that we'll look at and go, okay, those were the ones, you know, they did the right things and this is why they're winners. What do you think some of those tenants are going to be of the people we'll see as winners? Well, I, I think there are going to be businesses that have some diversification online, right? I mean, I think the vast majority of small businesses have historically sold offline. Some of them have, have online businesses, but they have not developed those as aggressively as maybe they could have in the past. Where there's a, where there's a, a healthy online component or a product or a service that can be delivered online, I think that those, that's, a, that's an obvious one. I think overall they'll they'll need to be tighter integration between online and offline, online booking, offline fulfillment, online payments, and so on and so forth. And um, you know, I think that um, I, I don't want to say anything that is um, to be construed as a as an ageist remark because I'm in the I'm I'm now in the uh, in the in the upper tiers of that. But um, I, I think a lot of the uh, newer businesses this doesn't immediately or automatically correlate with business owner age, but some of the businesses that have been founded in the last decade have been much, much more tech savvy, deployed technology much more efficiently than some of the more traditional businesses that have been around for a long time for obvious reasons. So businesses that use technology for their infrastructure, SaaS uh, platforms are going to be much more nimble. Um, those that can support a remote workforce, obviously people now have to consider how to do that. So that depend, that's industry specific, but um, you know, I think those that can use, can leverage remote workers, have a, have a SaaS infrastructure, can sell stuff online, um, you know, that are more nimble and that are more oriented and less intimidated by technology, uh, are going to be the ones that ultimately, uh, survive and thrive in sort of this post, uh, apocalyptic period that we're going to enter into. Well, it's a great, it's a great statement that you made. And I want to dissect one piece there. And I think it's the key component is the businesses that were more inclined to move to a digital transformation are going to win. And the reason that I wanted to touch on this, I kind of assumed the answer. Um, but I, I don't think that everybody gets what's about to occur here. I think that people, you know, have been caught up in, you know, survival and dealing with the fact that you've been maybe staring at the same face for the last month and you haven't got outside your four walls. But, um, when you look at great moments that have shifted our society, and I, I mean on this entire planet, cause it, we've never, it's never felt smaller than it does right now because everybody's experiencing the same thing. There has been some 
catalyst that drove them to this. Now, the reason I bring it up is because you and I have been professing for a number of years about why you need to make a digital transformation, but this could just be the moment where we, you know, it's the push that businesses needed to get over that hump and to make that transformation. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I think there's been this kind of rhetoric around digital transformation for the better part of a decade, you know, intensifying in the in the more recent past. But, you know, this you're you're exactly right. I mean, I think this is when we look back on this, this will be a sort of a a bright line separating what was before what came before from what came after. And I think um, you know, many many things will change, but with respect to to these uh, to digital transformation and marketing and and business infrastructure, I'm I'm in complete agreement with it. I mean, you, it's just absolutely it's a it's a matter of survival now. It's not it's not a nice to have. It's not a uh, efficiency thing. It's really about survival, you know, going forward and being able to compete. Well, and and that's the message that I was hoping to get out to our audience so that they can translate it to their customer base. Um, you've now been punched in the face, and you have to do something about it because you know the bruise will go away. And, and then we'll get complacent and we'll forget. And then it might happen again. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but I'm going to quote a movie here. The Day After Tomorrow, 2004 blockbuster, Roland Emmerich, the guy who yeah. did like uh, Independence Day when they blew up the, the uh, yep. White House. And, and I remember- Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla. Yep. And I remember a scene in that movie where you've got, uh, you know, I think it was Randy Quaid or somebody like that, or maybe it was Dennis Quaid. He, you know, he is giving them the warning and they, and they don't want to hear it. And, and right. I kind of feel like our health professionals were warning and warning and warning, and we didn't want to hear it. And, and then we get, again, I'm going to use the term punched in the face because I think this has been a punch in the face for a lot of people. So, you know, wh- I think what will happen is if we even get a sniff of something like this again, it's just going to boom, lockdown. <laughs> Do you agree? Uh, well, I think, I think, yes, I think there's going to be a lot of sensitivity. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to envision what is the next you know, period of time look like in terms of actual business operations and, and customer interactions with businesses. But yeah, I, I agree. They're talking about like a W recovery, possibly, you know, where you get a bounce and then you get another episode and another lockdown kind of scenario where businesses have to close. Um, whether that happens immediately or not, um, you know, there will be future uh similar scenarios that, that business owners have to contend with. Uh, d- degrees of, of, of severity will be uncertain, but absolutely certain that something will happen that is sweeping and impactful. So as the trusted local expert, and that's what we profess that the listeners to this podcast need to position themselves as, we're going to go back to business, or maybe we're still at business and we're doing remote like we are doing today. We're doing a screen share and we're you know having conversation. We're not face-to-face. Um, and you've been talking to your business clientele and they've expressed that, okay, I get it. I know that I'm going to need to make a transformation. What, what are some of the things, Greg, that you think that businesses should do first as part of their digital transformation? So we're heading back to work. What are the things they need to get done first? Well, I mean, again, I think this varies a little bit by industry, but at the highest level, you know, hopefully they've done a bunch of stuff already, right? Hopefully they've done all the customer communication, done the Google My Business uh, updates, um, done the email outreach, done the website modifications. Um, hopefully they've done those things. They're going to have to do another round of them when they start opening up because uh, opening opening up will be in many ways messier than shutting down because it won't be uniform. 
Um, but I think, you know, they're, they're, they, they need to take care of employees. They need to ensure the health and safety of employees. They need to figure out how they're going to go forward in terms of on-premise versus remote work uh, protocols, technology that enables all that stuff. Um, so there's, there's probably a checklist that is, you know, industry specific. If you're a restaurant, then you're going to have to do certain things. If you're, uh, you know, you're a, um, uh, 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 a tree, tree trimmer, right. An arborist or something, then you, you'll have to do different things. And so I think, I think it will be, it will be specific to those businesses, but they have to take care of their employees fundamentally. And then they have to, um, you know, really start pushing into the sort of digital tools arena um but i but i want to sort of step back for a second because i think all this digital technology and digital channels are about really communicating with customers and uh servicing customers and the and the fundamental point here is that these businesses really need to to solidify and and strengthen their relationships with their customers that's that's you know digital technology can be an efficient deliver delivery mechanism uh for all of that but it, it really is about the customer and making sure those relationships are solid and doing right by the customer, um, you know, because the, the, those businesses that do those kinds of things will come out on the other side. And then hopefully they've got the infrastructure in place to, to succeed going forward. Kind of the bottom line here is the customer, connecting with the customer, nurturing, maintaining that customer relationship. You know, one of the critical pieces of advice is, uh, you know, don't focus on new customer acquisition at this time. Focus on your existing customer. That holds true for the business owner and for the SaaS company or the marketing firm or the agency that's working with those folks. You know, maintain those relationships. Much easier to, um, you know, work with an existing customer than it is to acquire a new customer. So that's that's kind of a, a, a core principle that that independent of technology needs to be observed. And hopefully the technology facilitates that or enables that. Yeah, you know, technology ag agnostic, you're, you're going to need tech because what we're facing, and, I, and I'm looking at a phased reopen plan right now, um, it doesn't matter where it's from, but it's got five phases to it. And a bunch of businesses are in phases three, four, and five that don't have a date. <laughs> so my point is, and you brought it up very clearly there where you were talking about the website needs to articulate that information. And now we go back to our data of how many businesses in North America have a bad website. Um, but I digress. Then you also yeah. talked about communicating with that customer base who are going to be pent up to come do things with you, like that pair of shoes that I'm buying as soon as Gord opens at or, the clothing or, store. Or haircuts. Haircuts. But the question will be, are you open or not? And yeah. there are a number of ways to communicate that information. And that, again, that's why I come back to this whole thing. This is the catalyst for digital transformation, because as you and I both know, there's easy ways to be able to trans transfer that information. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, do one other item that I wanted to make sure we covered off before our time was up. And, and that is, you know, in, in your experience, um, and when you look at all the data, are we going to see any industries just not exist at the end of this where it's just like, nope, it's just going to go all online. That thing that you were used to doing is just gone. Oh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the answer is yes, but you, you put me on the spot. You promised to do this and now I'm really, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on the spot. I mean, I think I, so, so I have a kind of a, uh, uh, not not an exact answer for you, but I think retail is one one area where we're going to see really radical transformation. So, um, you know, uh, the big department stores and a lot of the traditional retail retail chains have been suffering, closing stores, going going out of business because e-commerce 
direct-to-consumer brands and other phenomena have been uh, kind of nipping at their heels and, and encroaching and eroding their business. And I think that this accelerates that dramatically. I mean, I think, you know, you're seeing Neiman Marcus uh, enter into bankruptcy and you're seeing other, you know, Macy's just laying off all their employees, you know, furloughing their employees and other chains that are really in, under financial stress. So that that industry is going to be radically transformed. And I think a lot of people have learned to shop for things online that they never would have shopped for before, your carpet guy, perhaps, um, as an example. And so I think a lot of that e-commerce behavior, we're going to see a real bump in e-commerce and many things that were offline before will be online. I don't know if I would say a, 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 an entire industry will completely disappear. I mean, I think this is an accelerant to exist to pre-existing trends. Right. And no, I, and, re, and retail is the one that I think is going to be radically transformed. No, that was what quickly. I was what I was trying to get to is we there were already things happening, and this now is the catalyst pushed over the top. The other one is I've heard that there are just business people just saying I'm done. And, and they were on their way to some sort of yep. retirement, exit, something like that. Maybe they got some money set aside and they're like, I'm probably not going to get my equity out. Just close the doors and be done. Are you hearing any of that? Yeah, I don't. I was I was trying to sort of look for the number. There was some there's a huge number of, uh, of baby boomers who who are business owners. And those folks are on the cusp of retirement in many cases or have retired. But there's a there, there was this sort of handover from. Uh, boomers to millennials, as we all know, Gen Gen X, no business owners in that category. Never hear about Gen X in businesses. I'm kidding about that, but anyway, there was this generational <laughs> shift that was going. Well, you never do. You hear about millennials. You hear about. Boomers. I know. I'm in the forgotten generation. My friend yeah. T Bone is the same. We're forgotten. Yeah. So, so, so well, so there, there's this sort of generational shift that was going on, and this, and as you say, I think that a lot of people who are kind of approaching retirement or on the cusp or whatever it was, are going to say, are going to throw in the towel and say, I, I, can't, I don't have the energy. I don't have the wherewithal to, to go back to this. And I, and I, and I'm just, you know, I'm just not going to do what it takes to do the total digital transformation. So we'll, we'll see that, that kind of thing. And I don't know how many millions that represents. There are millions and millions of these businesses, uh, business owners who are, who are on the cusp of retirement uh, over the next handful of years. And so, so that, that, that will, those folks will drop out, I think. What I've always admired about Mr. Greg Sterling's presentations at the conventions I've been at is he brings the data. He has the insights and and we've appreciated getting some of those insights from you today. I think that everyone uh, that has been tuning into this podcast for a, a length of time will know that I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Um, but I tried today to talk about some of the challenges and get Greg to dig into those so we could understand them. There is a flip side to this where there's sectors of business leaving, there's opportunity that needs to be filled. Where there are businesses that are not digitally transforming and they won't make it, unfortunately, we know that. There are others that will transform and will be very, very successful and will reshape what will be our new economy. And I don't care if you are in Durban, South Africa, or Wichita, Kansas, or one of my other favorites, Kuta Horror, Czech Republic, you are impacted by this thing. It's, it's something that's just tying us all together. And it'll be interesting to see based upon geography, based upon your, you know, where you are in your life cycle. If you're a baby booner, Gen, well, we don't have to worry about Gen X because they don't own businesses. And we got millennials and Gen Zs who, who are coming into that. What's this going to look like? And we're just trying to get some insights as to what this might look like on the other side when we go back to business. So Greg Sterling, Thanks for joining us. And uh, we appreciate the insights today here on the Conquer Local podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, George. It was fun. 
Some great information there from Mr. Greg Sterling. No, um, you know, he's been on lots of podcasts. He writes on a regular basis, a contributor to to many different blogs and, and content items like Search Engine Land for the last 14 years. So, so Greg is bucketing local businesses into three different groups. The group that will be successful coming out of this are the ones that have the proper search information online. That wasn't, I knew he was going to go there with that because he's been professing that for years. He's absolutely right, by the way. And then the, the ones that are making purchase or making commerce available in different ways. So, you know, the easiest one is to talk about e-commerce, but even curbside pickup or, you know, any, you know, it's a little further down the service line, but it makes your experience, the purchase experience different. Um, number two, there's the group in the middle. So businesses that are just kind of hanging on. And uh, I believe that those businesses will now be faced with, they have to move to a digital transformation, but we all know that some just won't. And then we have the other category of businesses that we just don't even know how the heck it's going to work out. And, and one of those we called travel. So what's travel going to look like? I think less people are going to travel, especially internationally. Um, and then the hospitality space, as much as I would kill to go to my local pub and have a beer, um, I actually don't mind having a beer in my garage, but I, I do think that because we are a social, like we're a society, we're social, we're still going to have that, want to crave that, uh, that social interaction. So it'll be interesting to see how it all changes because we're going to be, we're going to be social, but we're going to be sitting a long way. Hey, how are you doing over there? We'll be a long ways apart. So we have to figure out what those are going to look like. But I think it's important to understand that, that I agree with him on those three categories, the successful businesses that will change and adapt the other ones who don't really know what they're going to do and maybe they won't figure it out. And then the ones that we just don't know if that industry is going to ever be the same. And then finally, the idea of what the numbers might look like. And, and, you know, he talked about 10 to 15% of local businesses just not being around anymore. And, and that's just a, a staggering number. And, and then that workforce, they're going to go to work somewhere else. And, uh, so it, it's interesting. And, you know, I really appreciate Greg's insights because he, you know, he reads a lot. He's involved in a lot of these surveys and he's getting the, these details right from the street and able to distill it down and bring it to you here on the Conquer Local podcast. As always, we're looking for feedback. You can give us feedback through the Conquer Local community. And you also can reach out to us directly on LinkedIn. And we appreciate those comments that are coming in on LinkedIn. I, I had the privilege of hosting a think tank through the community um, in the past here just recently. And it was amazing speaking to so many folks that are, that are fighting the fight on the street, talking to their customers, listening to the comments that they were having. Um, so if you've ever had a chance to attend one of the think tanks inside the community, um, you know, I hope that you continue to come to those and, and, uh, we're always looking for more first timers. Mr. Dennis, you host those on a regular basis. And sometimes they bring in old grizzled up sales veterans like me to be a host as well. Thank you for joining us this week on another edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath. <laughs>